sponsored by Coro. They're on a mission to rethink the food market. They want to shorten supply chains and support a direct and fair trade regarding the origin, pricing, and quality. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Their bulk packagings allow them to offer customers high quality products at a really fair price. They really care about sustainability. Their bulk packs save on packaging material compared to the small single packs. And they also avoid sulfur, refined sugars, preservatives, colors, and other additives. Their quality management team carefully and regularly reviews the quality of their products. If you want to try Coro, you can use code FORKINGCORO at checkout for a 5% discount. Which makes a really big difference because you are bulk buying so many different products and I am obsessed with their white chocolate almond matcha nuts, obviously. (laughs) I obviously went for something savory and got a kilo of salt and pepper roasted crunchy chickpeas, which are incredible. They sound really good, but they do a ton of really amazing nut butters as well that are like sweetened with vanilla or dates, um, cinnamon. You can find so many different flavors of all your favorite nut butters. It's so funny because I ordered all savory stuff. So I got like soy sauce and curry paste. And of course, you ordered all of like the sweet things. Do you know what I did get though? that like you would never order, I feel, is Satan. Like I really enjoy it, but I feel like you would not. Like yeah, I feel like all me. the products I brought from the website, you didn't and then vice versa. <laughs> happy for you. Hope you really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it's a no for me. I actually, one of the things that I really got is they sell um, fresh ginger juice. It's literally just fresh ginger with like a bit of lemon. Um, and I love ginger and I love a ginger mm. tea every night. And it's kind of like a little cheap because instead of just like chopping fresh ginger, I just put a little ginger juice in hot water and it's like, it really burns in the best kind of way. It's just like a flavor that I absolutely love. So, um, definitely check them out. We could talk about them for ages. Um, but yeah, use code for forking Coro for 5% off. Yeah. And let us know what products are your favorite. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. Um, we're, we're doing something different today. We are. Um, it was very last minute as well. It was about an hour ago that we decided to do this. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Typical us. But it is not Sunday night, so while it's last minute, it's not um, as last minute as it could be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so funny. So I saw on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it was um, that Zara McDermott had a BBC documentary um, called Disordered Eating. And I watched the trailer and I actually ended up within the last like hour. Um, I ended up watching the whole doc, uh, say documentary. It's like a, she has like a docuseries deal. They're only an hour, the episode. Um, But I watched it on two speed, like 2.0 speed so I could fit it in. Um, And I took loads of notes. So um, I will be recapping and basically just like Sophie and I can chat through it. But if anyone has watched it um, and thinks I don't have the right information, just know that I worked a full day and then I watched this on two speed and then was taking notes at the same time. So my brain capacity might be a bit fried. I'm sure you'll deliver. Okay. So um, essentially, 
the premise is that Zara McDermott, when she came out of Love Island a few years ago, she got a lot of like body hate and body shaming, calling really? her fat. Yeah, like loads of hate comments on her Instagram. Did you watch her on Love Island? Um, did I? I don't remember. I like vaguely remember her, but like I don't. I don't, I don't think, think she I was on it for very long. I don't think I watched it religiously that season. Kind of probably like dipped in mm-hmm. and out. But um, essentially she came out and she got loads of like hate um, and loads of comments being like, you gained so much weight, you look awful, like you look so fat. Um, someone called her, like I specifically wrote this down, like a fat whale. Cause like that one really stuck out with me and which is awful. And so she kind of went was on. probably coming from someone who's like very insecure with their own weight. Totally, totally. And so in the opening bit, she says, like, there's only so many times you hear something before you believe it, which 100%. I completely, completely, like, agree with that. And it's not even, like, this is going to be a real tangent, but, like, if oh, I'm about to take this somewhere real weird. It's, like, sounded us, so let's go. <laughs> it's, like, I ask Mark to, like, tidy up after himself, and he is, like, don't be a nag. I'm, like, I'm not a fucking nag. Like, don't call me that. I'm just asking you to, like, clean up after yourself just the way I clean up after myself. (laughs) And it really grates on me because when you hear something more than once, you start to... Yeah, you don't want that label. But you start to internalize it and be, like, oh, am Mm. I? But you're not. It's all you women. You're not nags either. Men just don't know how to clean up after themselves. Anyways, I digress. Um, And she said there's only so many times that you hear it before you believe it. And so she started documenting her fitness journey. And she went on a fitness journey and a weight loss journey very publicly. Um, Let's just like pause there because I feel this is so sad because I feel like that she would have publicized this for validation, right? Yes, that's really interesting that you said that because towards the end she was kind of like reflecting on things and she literally wrote every time that she posted a picture it was just a body check of her body like every time she posted a picture of her mm-hmm. in a bikini at the gym anything like that it was essentially a body check mm-hmm. so I, I totally agree she was obviously seeking validation so you followed her at this point. Yeah, I actually did. Um, I used I followed her ages ago. I don't know if I re-followed her or if I follow her now because I actually follow Sam Thompson and I find him effing hilarious. Um, so I think because she started to do some funny videos as well, I actually can't tell you whether or not I follow her at the moment. But I, I followed her back in the day. And then interestingly, when she started this whole fitness journey, losing weight, like what it used to annoy me as well because she used to by the way I actually really like her as a person this isn't me bad mouthing her it's just us like you said talking about the documentary but um she used to like pose and it was so obvious she was breathing in you know and you can tell when someone's like sucking in and I was like I just don't want to see that like it it wasn't like I, it, I was triggered by it and I was like oh I want to be skinny and I'm not that skinny it was just like it was just annoying me I was like I don't want to see that like I'm literally not finding any value in following her so I just unfollowed her yeah, that's really interesting. And like, did you have any inkling of like, 
not like what she was going through or anything. Cause I, I mean, I'm not giving her any excuses because we'll get into it, but like, mm-hmm. was, it was just like, you just saw her going on through this journey and you were just like, I'm not interested by. Yeah. I was kind of just like, obviously like with my own history, I honestly was like, I think you're kind of probably suffering behind the scenes here because it's no one just casually posts their body like that on Instagram, losing weight. Like, you of course you want validation why else would you be doing it you know like she was clearly affected by the negative comments as anyone would be you know having all these strange public people commenting on your body of course that's going to affect you because it's like for some reason it feels worse when it comes from a stranger because they've got no reason to lie yeah so that's true I kind of was just looking at her and I was like okay she's obviously going through some stuff um like I just don't see value in following her. Like, I don't know her. I can't talk to her and ask her if she's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's interesting, though, because, like, through... And I'll get into it. But through this whole thing, she she doesn't admit to any disordered eating behavior. Like, she she's like, I had all the resources and, like, the trainers and the support. Mm -hmm. And they were talking with, like... um, clinicians and stuff being like you must have had so many protective factors because Mm. so many of your behaviors that you displayed are the exact like slipping like moments for so many other women and men of like in that same position many other people would have developed an actual eating disorder where for her she must have had lots of support and stuff but yeah, it's, it's a lot of those triggering behaviors or things that we as clinicians can kind of like notice and be like, okay, that that is a red flag. Mm. I also think, I, I truly believe that some people are predisposed to suffering yeah. with, all, like, not even just an eating disorder, you know, alcoholism, totally. um, any, any kind of addiction or thing like that. So, but I also believe on the flip side of that, that there are very few people in this world that don't have some kind of disordered relationship with food. <laughs> 100%. I totally agree. I think that everyone is has their own relationship with food and it will ebb and flow and at times can be really disordered. But I do think it is that like genetic predisposition for you to slip into that like mm-hmm. through disordered eating, eating disordered behavior where I don't think everyone will. Um, yeah. But I do, I completely agree. Like, I can acknowledge I had an incredibly disordered relationship with food, but I don't think I ever had a clinical eating disorder. Yeah. But what I suffered with or what I dealt with younger, like, wasn't healthy. <laughs> it just wasn't. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. So, anyways, she basically started posting pictures of her weight loss journey, loads of food with calories, um, loads of before and after pictures. And then she started getting trolling of you're triggering me. Like you clearly have an eating disorder. You're causing my eating disorder. Like you're contributing to the problem. And she says that she was so shocked by all of this. Now this is one of the things in the whole documentary that I have a hard time believing that she was like, I had no idea that people would feel this way. Like she was and like, I really did like the documentary at the end of the day. Like I, I do encourage mm-hmm. everyone to watch it. Cause I think it gives a really good perspective and actually shows the reality of what having an eating disorder is, but I'm calling bullshit on this because I do not for one second think she was so naive to the fact that like she wasn't doing 
I don't know. I just don't believe that. It's such a hard one. Like I've, I've had messages in the past saying that I'm triggering people and particularly after having my son Romeo. Um, and I honestly, I was just like, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Please feel free to unfollow me. Like, you know, I wasn't putting anything, I wasn't doing anything like Zara was doing, but like, yeah, of course you weren't posting like how many calories and what you eat in a no, day. Like nothing like that. But like, you know, I do put my, myself on Instagram so like you can see what I look like and you know I did lose weight quite quickly after having Romeo which a lot of people don't post having a baby and I can understand why that would be triggering for some people but it wasn't like I was specifically documenting my weight loss journey like this is how I'm getting back in shape it was nothing like that but I I can appreciate that some people didn't appreciate that content so I was and I understand that and I was like yeah I get it like you know it might not be something that's making you feel good so I do encourage people to unfollow me if they don't like what they're seeing and it's like I wouldn't follow someone that like I said with the whole Zara thing it, it wasn't adding value to my life so it's so difficult because like everyone has a responsibility I always say this to consume or not consume the content we we get to choose who we follow to a degree like I know stuff comes that, up in our feed yeah that's an interesting thing that'll come up in a bit um but yeah sorry keep going yeah, that, that was basically it. I, but like you, I don't... I don't I agree. I have no clue that that was going to trigger someone. When the whole point of the content that you're doing is to document that journey. Mm-hmm. Show your weight loss. Yeah, that's the thing. thing it was the before. intention behind it's it. It's the intention 100%. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like the sole intention of that content was to show her weight loss and her body transformation. But what did, like, and that's the thing. It's like, what did she expect? Pure praise? Well, I, I don't know. So the whole documentary then goes to investigate. And the big the big question that they keep coming back to is, are influencers and social media the problem? Which is a really interesting question. We've, we've spoken about eating disorders and social media before. But it's it's... It's talking about it from an influencer perspective, you know, people of hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, mm-hmm. like, are they setting unrealistic expectations? Are they showing disordered eating behaviors? Are they encouraging eating disorder and disordered eating? So the whole thing is, she said, I hate to be a part of the problem, but I need to understand why. And so she put out to her followers, like, asking people like do you suffer with disordered eating have I triggered you in the past like reach out which I think was fantastic like I do Mm -hmm. think at this point like I didn't believe her about like thinking she did no harm just like oh little poor me just like triggering people I'm so sorry I had no idea like no you I don't believe that but I think the way that she handled it and the way that she tried Mm -hmm. to rectify it by learning more about it I give her a lot of credit and a lot of credit for showing this because I think these are the sides of eating disorders that people don't see like they see the pictures and they see the yeah after but they don't see the during I'm just thinking as well like if her pure intention was I I actually again I don't know her and this is all like speculation but she she maybe went into the whole thing like I said, seeking validation. So maybe her head was literally not thinking at that initial stage 
this might trigger someone. She was maybe just going into it thinking, okay, let me try and rectify this and see if, you know, if I start changing my body, people will like me more and they'll think I have a nicer body and a nicer figure. And then, but then I think when you get into it and she's like posting these pictures and she's obviously, she was very thin as well. Um, then, but then I'm like, and then you, you start getting those comments. Surely you'd be like, Mm, something's all right yeah (laughs) yeah and so she actually i'm skipping ahead a bit in my notes so it's a bit of not in chronological order but she does say like when you do post on instagram pictures of your body they get more likes and she said that for influencers and people who want to do social media as a career that like posting bikini pictures like you'll get more engagement you're more likely to get brand deals so it's almost like she literally said this that it's almost like encouraging and incentivizing influencers to post pictures of their body because that's the way that they're gonna grow and i just hate that so much no i there's so much stuff I know that if I put out on social media, I would gain followers and get more brand deals. And I'm not going to sell myself like that. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's like both of us have had brands approach us, like offering us a nice little fee to work with them. And again, it goes against what we believe in. So it's, it's a no, that really annoys me. Yeah. That really rubs me the wrong way as well. But so there's lots of little pockets of things that really rub me the wrong way. And probably because we, like we've studied we've lived this we studied this like we're 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 too knowledgeable where we're too biased um in a lot of these things so I'm trying to remain like objective in my opinions Mm -hmm. it's hard when I have like really strong opinions I agree yeah so she goes to meet um a student in Lincolnshire um and that actually most girls who reached out to her were students so just like the age demographic like they were younger younger girls well it's like the demographic Um, that watched love island isn't it that then would have known who she was exactly um her target audience yeah and so it was a house of like uni girls and they were saying how they all go to the gym and this girl that she was speaking to was like i wish i never calorie counted she's been calorie counting every day for a year and a half um she's she refers to an app i'm guessing it's my fitness pal um, and she has lost her period for over a year, but by BMI definition, she's not underweight. Um, and so she's not been given any help from services. This is literally why BMI annoys me so much. Like whether okay. like your period is literally one of the biggest indicators for female health. It like yeah. if not the biggest indicator. Yeah, it's a, it's a big piece of the puzzle. Like it tells yeah, you a lot. And so I thought it was really good that she highlighted that, that mm-hmm. like you can't tell if someone is suffering from an eating disorder by looking at them. And there's a lot of pitfalls in the services that are offered. Um, so I really like that she included that perspective yeah. because I think so often when we think of eating disorders, our head goes to a certain image and that's usually not the case at all. Yeah, actually, um, a large percentage of the time is not. Totally. And the message, we've spoken about this before, but the message to that individual is like, go get sicker and then we can help you, which I is awesome. I literally did an Instagram live with a registered eating disorder dietitian, like literally last week. And we were saying that this is part of the problem. And then people feel embarrassed because they're not underweight enough to yeah. ask for help. Yeah, it's awful. It really is. We really need to take BMI out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's it really is so sad and then another thing that she did that i really like she went to go visit beat and she sat in on their call center about people calling in and they like can't keep up with their phone calls at the moment especially post lockdown it's really bad which is like incredibly bad and again i think it's great that she's shedding light yeah yeah sure like giving that exposure yeah so those were two things that i like really enjoyed um and she does admit that like she used to edit her photos a lot because a lot of the girls were like well we look at you and she's like yeah but i used to edit and she would show in her camera roll how many photos she would take to get one image and did she when you say edit like take them thinner like didn't go into detail she just said edit i guess we can all kind of like surmise what that means Mm -hmm. um whether it was like using facetune to like make her waist small i was gonna say even when you like i don't i have not used instagram story filters for me neither i can't remember when um but when i do put them on it does it just reshapes your face a little bit it just takes it so even if it's not like a she's like actually making her body slimmer if you just put like a nice filter on that it's still kind of tones and tucks (laughs) yeah my nose always looks so pointy i'm like not a pointy nose gal i know and like yeah and like the cheekbones are a little bit more defined and yeah so then she goes to the maudsley um which did you do any um stuff at the maudsley during our uh masters i didn't because um i was doing adult i did adult um eating disorders not children So so did i but i went to the maudsley for one day did i do the maudsley what was the other one i did st anne's i did st anne's as well but i maybe i requested to do an extra just for the experience i think i did one day at the maudsley as well actually so did i because why else yeah same because why else would i have been to the maudsley if not for that i think they maybe I definitely did. I don't know if I requested. No, we did. We did. We did because um, we had to see both hospitals before we chose. Oh, okay. So we did because yeah. I was there. Yeah. I got a tour mm-hmm. of the unit. I've I met same. Yeah. Okay. But we did. They I, did it in small groups, so I don't think we did it together. Got it. I did do my placement at Saint Anne's. Saint Anne's. Yeah. So did I. Um, which was a lot more annoying to get to physically. Oh, I hated that journey. <laughs> oh like, my god, it's pain in my life. The Maudley was, was, was so convenient. I'm like, that made me want to choose it, but I was like, I just wanted to do adult eating disorders. And honestly, oh yeah, it was awful. It was actually me awful. Too. I think it was like two and a half hours door to door for me. Yeah, same, because <laughs> I was coming from Seven Oaks. Jesus, yeah. Um, yeah, awful. Anyways, I mean, like, amazing experience, just awful commute. Um, And so they did a group eating disorder um, session in the Maudsley. She got to sit on that. And it was great to see loads of representation in that. Like, there were boys, there were Mm -hmm. girls, there were people of all races, all sizes. And I thought that was good because at this point, like, all we have seen of disordered eating were um, restriction and thinness thin white and people that, exactly and that is not the reality of eating disorders and no, they no. come in all shapes and sizes they don't discriminate um from gender or ethnicity really mm-hmm. um and so i was i was happy because at this point i was like all right another white 
thin girl with blonde hair yeah. has an eating disorder like show the representation she did so i was really really mm-hmm. pleased about that um and they were talking about she asked them like do you think social media contributed to your eating disorder and it was really interesting because all of them basically said yes and basically said tiktok was the issue because like what you were saying before and i I, haven't i said this to you that i feel like yeah really like disordered yeah you have i'm i'm literally not on tiktok so like i just don't know so what they were saying is that with instagram you can choose who you follow but the way that the tiktok algorithm is is it shows you what you've previously watched Okay. So like you don't have that choice. So if you watch, so literally you watch one white of a day video, and then you're yeah. bombarded with like skinny models eating yeah. salads. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. That's what they were talking about. How wild is that? Crazy. Yeah, and, but then like, that like kind of disappoints me because I'm like, there's obviously higher up people somewhere deciding this algorithm. Obviously. Yeah, she did try and write TikTok. They wouldn't. And I'm like, why are you doing something about it? There's so much other valuable content we can be consuming to help elevate businesses and people as well. Like, it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's interesting because TikTok actually has really strict regulations on running ad content that talks about weight, but not on the organic. And I only know that because working at Second Nature and that's interesting like, running ads <laughs> um mm-hmm. so they're really strict on that um but they don't censor organic content content in the same way so yeah so she said and one of the boys in the group was like you just watch tiktok and then like you watch one video that says this food's bad for you and then this one's bad for you and then he was like at the end of it all foods were demonized and i didn't know what to eat which is like you're definitely not watching credible sources. It's really frustrating. I feel it's like so when I when I was being treated with a girl and she said that she read this magazine. Do you remember? Like obviously, like there was no social media. Thank God when we were like in our teens. But it was like magazines, and it would be like swap this blueberry muffin for blueberries, and I like. And then we were literally served a blueberry muffin after she like shared that with us and it like completely like threw her off but like that was just like from a magazine can you imagine like animated content of being like don't eat this muffin have like a bottle of blueberries and said like I just feel like it's so much more in your face and difficult to not consume yeah especially when there's a person who looks a certain way attached to that video 100% and you're seeing, like I said, like it's like animated. It's a real life person demonstrating this. It's not just seeing a picture of a muffin versus a healthy swap, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. In like on like a flat piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, it's three D. It's real. It's mm-hmm. real, and it's a person's voice. Yeah. And the brain con- recognizes that and consumes that differently. Yes, because it's like, oh, well, why would they lie to me? Mm-hmm. Or right. you, I don't even know if your brain is just like, okay, it, it just can, it's just like takes it in. It's like, okay. I don't think yeah. there's even that like for a lot of people, they probably wouldn't be, hmm, is that true? Like, let me analyze this. It's literally just like consume, taken in, okay, let's act upon that. 
Yeah, it's awful. It really is. It's really scary. And then she met with another girl from that group after who had more like binge purge restrict behaviors. Again, I was really happy that they brought that in at that point because at that point they had no one talks about like bulimia either. It's all about like anorexia and restriction. Yeah, because bulimia is a bit dirtier, let's say. Like that's how people make people feel. And those are my. A lot of the time. people are of a normal whatever normal weight is yeah and so that she she was um she was not underweight she actually got an osfed diagnosis which is like an other eating disorder yeah i don't actually know why they took that out of the dsm uh not on i mean not in the documentary i don't know when this was filmed um but i'd like to think it was filmed quite recently because i did stalk zara's like page maybe it was endos that it was previously and they've changed it oh maybe anyway yeah endos they got rid of okay that's what i was thinking this one was another one i think it was osfed yeah but anyway that sounds familiar um but she went into the craziest details can i share this because i've never heard of this and maybe you have but she said that this girl who experienced this that when she was in school she found this like forum um and it's called meanspo and they're basically coaches that troll you but you ask them to troll you you ask them to bully you so you send them pictures of like yourself and like your height and your weight and like body checks and they just write back to you you're a pig you're awful lose weight like you're asking people to troll you because you want to act upon that and she was doing this daily for six months it was the craziest i've never heard of this i've never seen this before i've never heard that term before have you i i've heard of um pro anna uh websites Yes, but I've never heard it as like a coach that. No, I've, I've, no, I, I mean, no, nothing on that level. I these websites like there were different natures to them in the sense that like, just there was loads of like different information and ways in which you could support your eating disorder. It was like they were like pro eating disorder websites, but nothing where it was in like, like bullying. If that makes there sense. was like a person behind this who yeah. said it was yeah. like it was to me it was the most wild part of who this does whole that like are these, do these people have eating disorders themselves or I have zero clue they didn't I wish they would have like genuinely I wish at this point they dug deeper and tried to like uncover who these people are sitting behind their computer what doing do you this like a whole, yeah like investigation on that that's literally disgusting Totally. This was something for me that I was like, this is, you touched its surface level. Like we need to dig deeper. I want the extra day on this mean spo ring and who's behind it. And I want to crack down on it because I sound like trying to lead a task force, but I am like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So that was really shocking to me. I'm kind of glad that you never heard about it either because I felt like I was just like, what have I missed? Like, what is this? No, no, I haven't. I don't, I don't, well, I hope that, like, pro-Anna websites don't even exist anymore. They were huge when, like, I was going through shit, but there was no, like, social media or anything. So that was, like, the online version, I guess, of, like, Thinspo. 
Yeah. No, but this was like people. These are messages. Mm. So, and imagine hearing that. Remember we said like when you hear something every day, you start to internalize it. Like 100%. It's like I've really been working on like the language I use to myself because like I'm like I do software because anxiety not half as bad as I used to. But even when I hear that voice creeping in, I'm like, oh God, you've got so much work to do. Are you sure you can do that work? I'm like, no, stop it. Like, of course you can. And that's just like, and I think I'm a pretty healthy, like, well-balanced person these days but like even I suffer with those thoughts so like someone who's actually going out and seeking like fuel to the fire that's so detrimental to your mental health totally you've got no hope no it's just such not a nice place to be mentally and so sad and my heart really goes out to people who feel like that is the answer to what they're going through where that's going to help them. Like it's actually awful. So yeah, my feedback on at this point is like, I want that exposed more. Like we touched on it and I didn't get nearly enough information or justice for that. So if anyone from BBC is listening, (laughs) I would like a Larry Theroux documentary on Meanspo. Thank you. 100%. And so from there, she goes into an inpatient eating disorder, um, like house of like Mm -hmm. young girls. And a lot of them, again, say they follow her. And she's very candidly being like, did I trigger you? And some of them were just like, yeah, you you did. You you showed what you ate. It made me want to follow that and then obviously like I was and then she spoke to other girls who were posting as well and she was like and then we'd post but like we weren't actually eating it we just felt like we needed to show it like but we'd only eat half or we wouldn't actually finish it so yeah the eating and the exercise um about the influencers and the people with really big followings and how they look those girls in the inpatient unit were like yeah all of that like really did contribute to why we're here um and a lot are talking about the tiktok algorithm again and actually they used a stat that i wrote down that said 60 percent of people said that tiktok decreased their self-esteem i don't know like who was surveyed was it people with eating disorders specifically in that survey Mm. or not um but I thought that was wild. So it's so hard because, like, again, like we do need to take responsibility for who we're following, what we're consuming. But I guess more so, I would say in the age bracket of like God knows how young kids are in terms of how when they get on TikTok. But like, let's just say thirteen years old, maybe it's younger. I don't know. To maybe like twenty-two. I feel like you're very like you're learning a lot at that age your brain isn't like completely developed so on the flip side of what I've just said you don't really have a choice if you're online and you're a social media participant um and that stuff's just coming up because you maybe don't think actually let me actively like make sure that this stuff isn't coming up my algorithm like let me be very selective because like I guess you could argue it's a little bit addictive Oh, 100% addictive. And I don't think the kids have that like social awareness and maturity. And it's almost like they don't understand. They're just watching. And then all of a sudden it changes their thoughts and behaviors and they can't stop watching because like you said, it's, it's addicting and it's Mm. fueling whatever 
for them. Um, yeah, it was it was a really interesting document. It really, I keep saying documentary. It's like a docu, one episode, one hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously had my issues with a lot of points that were made, but overall, I think it did a really good job at highlighting what it's actually like to live with an eating disorder and mm-hmm. the different, like that she went to beat she went to the Maudsley she saw it in patients she saw she spoke to loads of different people but at the end of it she was she asked or she was talking to Sam actually at one point and was just like so can I never show like what healthy living is like can I never again post about pictures like that and I don't know where she falls. And I'm actually really interested to see if her content changes and how she posts. I, she has like a home account where she posts like a lot of her say, recipes. Like, I've literally just gone on her page now. I don't follow her. I wasn't sure if I did, but I actually don't. So I obviously never re-followed her. Um, I mean, she's very naturally slim, but she doesn't look unhealthy. Yeah. Um, but she's, I don't think she's as slim as she was. Oh, okay. Because I remember her being a lot skinnier. Got it. Um, I I don't like analyzing people's bodies like this because she's no. more than just a body, but totally. But she she has a um a page she's got a foodie for... account. Yeah, and up until end of August, she was posting calories. Oh, interesting. I, interesting. I tried to scroll through quickly before this. I'm so just like, was. why post the calories? I'm like. Oh, I don't oh, know. she still is. August, no, that's August still. Um, I just, I feel like I know some people benefit from calorie counting. I don't know these people, but. <laughs> but I'm just like, I just feel like we need more awareness around calorie counting because I could have had three McDonald's that day and still been within my 1500 calorie, whatever. Or I could have had three healthy well-balanced meals. Like, you just don't know. Like, putting a number on it is just so unhelpful in regards to, you know, if you're trying to improve your health. I know there's a place for them, and I know that a lot of, like, bariatric dietitians will encourage calorie counting, you know, if you're severely underweight and you do need to control that within a short space of time. But I do think there needs to be more disclaimers around calorie counting. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think... If for whatever reason, calorie count is a, counting is something that you are pursuing, like making sure you're also getting support from a qualified health professional at the same time is so yeah. important. It's definitely not something to undertake on your, on your own because it lacks, a, like you might lack awareness of like nutrients besides calories. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you can reach your calorie goal on McDonald's yeah. versus reaching your calorie goal on nutrients to not become like actually deficient in anything mm. um so it really doesn't take into account healthfulness yeah um but again i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's helpful for anyone really in the long term no, no not in the long term like i said there might be a place for it you know if your health is in real you know in a really bad place and you need some kind of quick fix because that's what it is like if you're going on a calorie counting diet it is a quick fix it's not really? going to be something you can sustain long term Exactly. I completely agree. Um, but yeah, that was, so I, I'd be interested to see if she kind of changes anything, but it did kind of make me think about like 
what we share and mm. stuff. And I hope that because we are registered professionals, people look at our content a bit differently, but I don't know. I don't know if they do. It was, it was just one of those like shit moments of like mm. in, in an effort to try and do good, do you accidentally do harm? I don't know. I feel like, I don't know how to say this, but like how old was I when I got on Instagram? Maybe like 24, maybe a bit younger. Um, or like professionally anyway. So I would have, when did we get our masters? When I was like 25, 26. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely like my relationship with food even is so different to when I first graduated. But there's definitely been times where I've posted for validation. Like, I'll just admit that, like, you know, I, maybe I was feeling extra toned that day or whatever. And I wanted to get like my tummy out in my sportswear or whatever. I've definitely posted stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, everyone's just posting themselves and their life. And, you know, sometimes that is my life. I'm doing a workout and, you know, I've, I feel good after doing it. So I'm going to share it kind of thing. But I've definitely probably most since having Romeo have thought about what I share in terms of my actual physical body on Instagram. Yeah. I try and not post like not on my feed because I don't really post anyways, but um, like it's, it's mainly just food anyways, but I am conscious of like, I post a lot of what I eat, sometimes two meals a day. Sometimes like I don't post everything. No one sees like my snacks and my drinks and all that stuff. But like, sometimes I am conscious that I post more than just like one snapshot. And then you can also see what I look like. And sometimes I do get fearful of putting out a different message because we are slim we do come from a genetic pool of slim white women Mm -hmm. and sometimes I personally feel like oh crap did I did I share a bit too much today and can people Mm -hmm. too many dots I I don't want that so sometimes sometimes I do get a bit oh I probably shouldn't have shared that um and I have gone back and deleted things um that's interesting yeah like retrospectively and actually like I don't know what it was I do remember at one point I went back on my feed and deleted all pictures of like me in like activewear because I was just like I actually post so much of my food and I felt like really personally that I was just like I don't want people to make connections because my whole page is food and I don't Mm. want them to start to correlate like I don't know it just not on my page I'm happy to share my stories because I feel like the people who watch my stories are like involved in my day-to-day life in a different way people just who just scroll on my feed and just say oh she ate that salad she ate another salad she ate a fourth salad yeah and then then she looks really slim in her little workout (laughs) so that's what I'm worried about of just like on face value of someone coming to my page and all they say is like yeah I love salads we all know I love salads it's not for a weight thing like I just fucking love salads um yeah and I, it's I'm so I'm funny because like I feel like our pages are quite different in that sense like yeah I don't think you might you eat salad. I don't know if I've ever posted a salad but like my thing is there is so much more to like wellness than just food and right like food food comes in variety but so does the rest of your lifestyle 100 percent. 
a hundred percent. Yeah. You definitely have more of like a lifestyle. Like this is all wellness and yeah. And I show my food. And mm-hmm. so like, it's completely different, but all I show is food. But again, like I'll say it again, if someone's going to follow you, it should be because they love salads too. And they want to see yeah. some recipes that they can, you know, Salad include in their day to day. I would hope that like no one is kind of on this weight loss journey and finds your page and is like, I don't think anyone would come to your page and think that, but like, I'm just saying like, yeah, I'm basically just backing your corner. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, no, like it just, it really does make you think. And it's one of those things of like, we can't control who follows us. Like you said, like make sure who you follow is the, are the people that you want to consume their content and stuff. But again, like, I don't know if there is a way for us to like, I don't want anyone who's under the age of like 18 following me to be honest I I completely agree like just on again on the flip side of that we I have gone through months and stages where I've been like I used to reread and reread and reread my captions particularly when I was talking about anything science-based or you know nutrition I'd be like reread it read read it is it going to trigger someone is it inclusive of every single size person like and it would just drive me crazy. And I actually stopped posting nutrition posts because it was just driving me insane because I was like, I'm just going to keep all my nutrition stuff on my website because, you know, exactly. I, I might have you yeah. know, people who are um, suffering with binge eating disorder and suffering with restriction who are following me. And I can't always be tailoring posts towards two sides of the spectrum. Um, and again, like, not we're always going to get someone who doesn't like everything we're posting it's impossible for me to post someone it's something and every single one of my followers relate to it or you know feel like that was a good piece of content kind of thing so whilst we can be careful and appreciate the fact that some people might be triggered by the content so we should restrict sharing it we can't it would just drive us crazy if we constantly before posting a main feed post or a story think okay every single person going to appreciate this because they're not going to yeah definitely I completely agree and I think like it could put us all into these like really meta conversations and make us question Mm -hmm. question our like existence and it's actually giving me like it gives me quite a headache to think about it too much because oh I don't know like it makes me reevaluate things that I don't know if I want to and same I even even if I say to myself like I don't know like I get into it with myself sometimes like oh why why do I post this stuff I'm like I don't want to think about it I'm just gonna post it (laughs) yeah 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 it's like why why did I post a recipe today hopefully because people are gonna make it and they're gonna like it but like if I really think about it I'd probably convince myself that no one freaking cares so I'm not gonna post (laughs) literally I mean why do I post on my stories if I'm getting into my elevator like why (laughs) why why do I do it like one for my mom because she fucking dies over an elevator pick literally like every time we post an elevator I feel like that's a really good reason to post it though no like if I literally just sent you our messages it's literally just like every time we post an elevator pick Fran goes gorgeous my favorite love this one and I like that is literally how we communicate she's like oh fabulous oh yeah meet Fran in our life (laughs) yeah so she's my hype woman but like realistically why do I why do I share it like it it's like I feel no like if I go out for a walk sometimes and it's like such a gorgeous like day and I like feel so happy in the fresh air so I just put a picture of it in Instagram and like probably no one else cares but like I'm outside on my walk 
<laughs> but like yeah if we think about it too much it just like can actually then no one would be on Instagram, like... and then i wouldn't post yeah. and but there is joy and community that comes out of it and you know this 100%. podcast and yeah. so I, oh, I don't know i feel like it's just one of those things i haven't ha- i don't have an answer yet but anyways i encourage everyone to go watch the episode because i do think that it, it did a really good job at mm-hmm. highlighting the various um stages of what it's like yeah. to live with eating disorder and the different resources for people and what treatment looks like and those who don't have access to treatment but i still think she could have done a better job and i really want them to go into the mean spo thing that was my main thing like i need yeah. more that um, so worrying do you think you'll watch it yes well um where where do i watch it like where did you i just watched it on my computer BBC and B- website yeah bbc3 okay. um i'll definitely watch it i i love stuff like that i think and i what annoys me as well is that like i'm obviously very passionate about raising awareness for eating disorders and i feel like we're so limited to like oh there's like this one time in a year of like eating disorders awareness week where everyone talks about it and i'm like we still need to be having these conversations because like people suffer all year round it's not like we should just like yes it's great that we have that week but I'm just like that's literally why I did that live on my Instagram the other day with um, Priya who's a registered dietitian especially in eating disorders because I'm like we, I just want to keep the conversation going like, totally totally and you should and it's yeah and so that's why I do think this uh, episode was good for raising awareness hmm. um, I'll be really interested to see how she changes her I will too maybe, maybe I'll refollow her <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I might be tempted to follow just for it. But I think, yeah, I think it is highlighting the rise of eating disorders um, since the pandemic, which is absolutely awful. I'd also be interested to see if like she seeked out, you know, whether or not she went to some producer and was like, hey, this happened to me. Can I like amplify it on your screens or whether or not she was approached? I'd be interested to know that as well deal she did a two other documentaries one called revenge porn and one on something else and like in her bio she calls herself a bbc presenter so i'm not sure if she has like a deal with them and she does x amount of episodes or whatnot um but who knows but it was good like i highly recommend it um but yeah i'd be interested to know your thoughts as well once you're done for sure yeah definitely um, and maybe you can share stuff on the Forking Wellness page because it might come out after the episode. Yeah, perfect. I'll just jump on stories and share my thoughts. Amazing. Well, that's that. I hope you guys enjoy. And this episode was almost as long as the episode of the <laughs> show. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, so this, um, I think we said last week it was our penultimate episode but actually this is the penultimate episode because we did a little bonus episode so we could include this one and then we've got our last one going out next week so stay tuned um and yeah we'll talk to you then talk to you later bye